and welcome film fans to a brand new episode, a very special episode of the Epic Film Guys podcast. I am your host, Justin. And I am the Loy Sauce. The Sauce, the <laughs> god of podcasting. I love and how every single episode, Justin, you open with, it's a very special episode of the Epic Film Guys podcast. Like every well, single episode is special. <laughs> maybe in my mind it is special it is it is special but today actually it's always is. special sitting down with you well because we're talking about Zack snyder's cut of justice league that's why it's special and no other reason you were, well you were mentioning something to me earlier that there may be a surprise that i wasn't aware of because i was too hammered to remember and i don't know what that is is it, is it that you're going to love Justice League and give a rave review to the film? Is that what the surprise is? Because uh... your ass doesn't talk to me about movies unless we're on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, he doesn't text me anymore. He doesn't call me anymore. We never hang out anymore. We don't see movies together. Nothing, ever. The only time he'll talk about movies is when he's sitting down here with me. Hey, Justin. Today's the 30th anniversary of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Uh, well, if Nick were here, I'm sure he'd make fun of the shitty rat puppets in that one, too. <laughs> Remember that? Remember uh, when Nick was around and he would he would shit on baby turtle puppets? And weren't those the days when he was here just to shit all over Those everything? baby rat puppets and those baby turtle puppets fucking suck. I fucking told you. Stop talking about them. They're the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck? Wait, dude. I know that I'm not that drunk. Like when I hear baby turtle puppets being praised, I it's like it's like the bat signal being shown into the sky to me. Someone is showering praise upon the baby rat puppet. Shit on it. Shit on you it just, now. How did you do this? You just subconsciously knew we were talking about baby rat puppets and connected heard, into the There was a uh, there was a chant on the wind. It was like ah, like a chant wow. on the wind. And it drew me in ancient lamentation music and it, it well, played over and over and over again and it was like listen uh, well i guess if you're gonna ah! be here if you're here i mean we're talking about Zack snyder's cut of justice league what you might as well just join us and talk about it yeah take off your coat and stay a while like old for old time's sake you know all right. Remember, there were hopesters. 20, 20 minutes tops. This this, this review is going to take 20 minutes tops, right? And frogs. And <laughs> there were all kinds of things. Do this is Epic Film Frog here, and I want to remind you to go fuck yourself. Hmm. Listen, I see you have a glass in your hand. I do. Do, do we need to do something like <gasps> old school? Do we need to do it? I think we need to. Ladies and gentlemen, you haven't heard this in so, so long. We're going to do it. I don't know. Oh, what are you drinking? I can hold this. I'm back. Puke and rally. Woo! <laughs> Give me a beer. <laughs> yep, that's what you're going to get. No soundboard, guys. Uh, the mixer, my mixer and my computer don't like each other anymore. They don't talk to each other anymore. So my mixer is unplugged, collecting dust on my desk right now. Wow. Oh, and all those years where I was abused and harassed by that soundboard. All those hopster clips are just sitting there waiting. Wait. <sighs> he still exists. He's he's in there somewhere. Loisa, say it. you sucked a dick last night. I need to hear it. 
I sucked a dick last night. See, it's, it's almost exactly. It's like it's still here. It's like it's still here. Exactly the same. Wow, I don't ever think that I can recreate the one that you fabricated as me saying it. I didn't ever say that <laughs> in the way that you portrayed it ever. Um, I don't know who you got to do that, but either way. So, what are you drinking? Yes, we have not done this. Boy uh, sauce, you are actually drinking. You're not being a pussy boy tonight, so. Uh, what do you got guzzling down your gullet? Dos Equis Lager Especial. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> it's my favorite. What can I At say? At least you're trying. At least you're trying. Is there a lime in there or something? Nope. Just drinking it straight out of the bottle. <sighs> okay, well, I know whatever Nick's what a got fucking will be lush. much more interesting. Well, <laughs> I have... Oh, look here. I have What's a, uh, this is a bourbon barrel aged Cabernet Sauvignon by Behringer Brothers. Um, so there's a winery in California called Stave and Steel that does a much better version of a bourbon barrel aged Cab Sav. They don't sell it at my liquor store, though. They only sell it in Ithaca, where my girlfriend lives. So I had to settle for this one. It's uh, a hashtag Dan Brennick fine. It's an enjoyable it's better than the fruited lager I was drinking through all the pre-roll stuff we were doing. Ugh, fruited lager. That's going to be my favorite thing to say from now on. You're like a fruited lager. Of course, I'm being boring over here. Because I was unaware that this was going to be a celebration of all things Zack Snyder. I mean, Moisos is on this episode after all, so how would I know? <laughs> I am drinking Tito's and soda. I have got, I've, I've continued to be boring Some throughout things all these months. never change. But that doesn't mean I haven't had good beer. Actually, I'll tell a minor story here because Nick's on the show and Lois House doesn't ever care uh, hear about me talk about beer. But I did go to, so you know I love Other Half. You yourself have had some Other Half beers. Yeah, boy. They finally opened their Washington, D.C. location a few weeks back and our good friend of the show and patron Brady uh, and I met there for, for some drinks and it was really cool, really awesome, great beers. They all taste the same to me. I'm not going to lie. It was all those years where I was pounding them back on the show, Nick. I made I made this I made my mind up, basically, that I came to the conclusion that all those years drinking those New England IPAs and double IPAs and triple IPAs on this show made them all taste the same to me. So they're good. I still enjoy it's, them, but you don't ever drink them anymore. So you don't have the palate refined the way that you used to. You used to have your palate so refined that you would taste that double or you would have that one that's double dry hopped and you'd be like, oh, you'd get those different notes and the aroma or the taste. But now you don't ever drink beer anymore. So, yeah, of course, it all tastes the same now because now you don't ever drink anymore. Well, Except for sometimes. Tito's. Tito's. Sometimes. Tito's and bang doesn't count, Justin. <laughs> OK. All right. I did mix some bang energy drink in there. I got to put my amino acids in there. I got to have some creatine in my booze these days. He's getting excited to talk about chanting for the next four hours. Listen, there's, there's plenty of chanting. There's plenty of chanting. So, I mean, but Nick, the floor is open here. Before we get into the Snyder Cup, which is gargantuan, huge. It is it long? We got a gargantuan pile of shit. The floor is yours, man. You got to. Wow. Oh, oh, we're not even there yet. Listen, I was about to ask him to tell our listeners how he's been doing and what he's been up to. And you're going to go there already. Wow. Listen, if this isn't classic EFG, I don't know what the fuck is. Wow. Do I I need to be hammered on the floor? Do I really need to get there? (laughs) 
Is that where I'm going? We have a four-hour movie um, to review, so it's possible. How are you, Nick? Hey, dude, yeah. Just, definitely get there. Yeah. How how you doing, man? What have you been doing? Our listeners, obviously, a lot of them have migrated over, and they're listening to your new show that you've been doing, uh, but... Which is, you know, it's... it. I was talking to, and every time I get the chance to talk about it, it's it's really interesting to go from doing a show like Epic Film Guys, where we legitimately talk about cocks every four seconds. Like <laughs> I miss it so much. <laughs> cock talk, literally front to back for five years, and and you know Nikolai's Kitchen's a clean show. It's my journey in the kitchen, just trying to spread a little bit of positive energy, a little bit of love, and talk about good food, and kind of talk about. It, it's really. It's also my therapy session. I get to kind of check in with myself and really, if I can help somebody through a rough time in their life or, or, or give somebody a good recipe that they're going to sit down and they're going to enjoy, uh, that's that's really all that's important to me. So I've been working on that. I have been with my girlfriend, Rebecca, now for seven months by the time this airs, uh, you know, and uh, she is literally the best thing that's ever happened to me i have never been happier my divorce is final motherfuckers what what nick's divorce Dude, i saw that post on finally social media. i was so excited so pumped so for goddamn so happy so my, my divorce was finalized um that negative presence has been purged out of my life for over a year and a half and it has been amazing transformative i'm still dropping the sugar i'm still doing the diet thing i'm still you know keeping my weight in check which has been really really good and you know just everything in my life is going in the right direction and i'm so so excited about it it's just i you know but this is but you know what this is home this is and will always be home this is where i cut my teeth this is where we spent so much time shitting on baby rat puppets well maybe i did but Live stream for the cure, as you gentlemen know, is rapidly approaching once again for the fifth year. We've raised over $30,000 for cancer research over the past four years. We're aiming for 15K this year. We're going to crush it. We're going to smash it. Uh, it, you know, it blows me away. It, 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 it blows it, me it blows away me as away. well. The support every single year. And I think it's hammering home even harder this year for the both of us, uh, me even a little bit more. Getting the news recently of our good friend Pwell, my friend Brian Powell. We're with you, man. We're with We're you. We're with P-Well. you, dude. Um, he's been a good friend of mine since I was 16 years old. We've played music together when we were younger. The bad news is, ladies and gentlemen, is he just got word that he has stage three colon cancer. Fuck, so man. this year is even more special for me to enforce what we've been doing the past five years in a row, um, just pushing this movement forward and, uh, you know, being a part of it as much as we possibly can. A future support those. immune to cancer where there exactly. is no more fucking cancer. That's why we do this every single year. We're going to be putting something together a little bit special for P-Well where some of, some of the time is going to be dedicated to just raising money for him because he's obviously a very, very good friend of the show. Very, very good friend you know, to myself and even more so to Justin. I know you've known him for a very long time. and I mean, this is why... Like, Livestream for the Cure is such an effort to put on every year, but this is why it's so fucking worth it. Every single fucking hour is so worth it because of this goddamn shit. I don't want to hear this shit anymore. I don't want that. I want a future immune to cancer. That's what I want. And that's why we're going to keep doing it. That's why, as long as we're alive, we can get on the mic. Dude, 30 fucking years from now, if I even live that long, 
We're going to be we'll selling be in... loy sauce. We're going to be selling loy sauce at this point just, just to get donations. Dude, I know damn well if you go back to your fucking mom's house, you got some crusty-ass old socks under that fucking bed. <laughs> Someone's going to want one of them, and they'll pay money to get one. You told me that you still think there's one under your old bed, okay? <laughs> I'm sure there is. Do you think we could get away? We can use that towards this. Do you think we could get away with selling my bath water? Um, actually, I think we can get away with selling a bath with loy sauce. I don't know how your significant others are going to feel about that. But Listen, it could be it could be non-sexual. It could just be a it's bath for cancer research. Yeah, We're raising money for cancer research. Bubble bath. Slip into some suds with loy sauce. That's. Slip into some suds. Let's make it clear right now, Nick, because you're here and you can back me up on this. Hashtag bring back the beard. Hashtag bring back the beard is right. Look at this clean baby face. It's not. Look at him. We got to see. Just look at him. Look at him. Hashtag release the D'Artagnan cut. (laughs) (laughs) The sexy, just the the absolute, like when, when he posted pictures of that quarantine beard. From a year ago, just the absolute sexuality, like little Jim Carrey Riddler translated in there, just the sexuality and the raw charisma of Did you at least put it in like a Ziploc bag and keep it? I sure didn't. He could just hold the bag up to his face whenever he wants to. Because you know damn well that our patrons, fans of the show, they, dude, seriously, they would pay top fucking dollar for one hair from that beard. That's true. Like for, for $10, you get the longest hair of the beard for $5. You get a shorter hair of the beard. Maybe I should grow it back out and then clip it. And then I'll keep the hairs and that'll be the uh, gift for executive producers. On Do our it. Patreon. Do it. That would be amazing. The beard shavings of Lois. Also, house. if I ever, you know, if you kept them and I was angry that you no longer had it. And then I wanted to be forceful against you. I would just tell you to glue that shit back on your face and you could do it within an hour and you'd have the beard again. Right? God damn it. We're getting into... Ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to excuse us. There's an excitement in the air. There's an energy. We've got so much energy in the air because... We're excited. Number we're one, excited. I'm home. I'm home. Hi, guys. It feels so good. It's so it good to see so you both. Good. You are so beautiful, especially Loisas. Even though he doesn't have the beard, he's still so fucking beautiful. But also... Zack Snyder's Justice League, Justin, and I know to to we'll ignore the super the super Snyder fan for a moment, and just me and Justin will talk about it for a sec because I know Loisos is like rubbing his Zack Snyder boner under his desk right now. I, I'm such a fan of Zack Snyder that I'd be biased, so I can't be included in this part of the discussion. It's 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 very very true, but I mean I mean when we. Back in 2017, Justin, Jake and Tom conquered the world. We did a whole thing with them. We went on their show to talk about what we wanted from the movie. And then they came on Epic Film Guys and we reviewed the original theatrical cut, a film which you were kinder to than I was. I vehemently fucking hated it. So please don't go back and listen to that old episode to see how kind I was to it. It's embarrassing. I I remember and I said this when we were doing our pre-roll here. I remember my Facebook post. It was literally, I liked Justice League. Hashtag Justice League. I think he posted what a, that. What a shameful I had thing posted. to post on social media. Listen, listen. <laughs> I was doing all that I could to not be in denial and not make the decision to acknowledge 
that it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And I think for uh, me, Nick, what's even more special about this discussion isn't just that you're back here on EFG to talk about it with me, but the fact that um, our friendship in general, pre-EFG, started, you know, early on with us seeing Man of Steel at fucking IMAX. Midnight, baby. Midnight right. showing IMAX Dixon City, one of the best movie going experiences fucking ever, because I got to be there with you. I still remember that we drove home the entire way home from Dixon City. Not a word. Like we literally our jaws were just still on the floor from what we had just witnessed. We saw five, uh, you know, six stories, excuse me, of of laser projected IMAX glory. I came down there, stayed with you. We watched That's Batman, right. the Batman show with King Tut, the greatest Batman villain of all time. <laughs> Like, we went to see six stories of fucking IMAX glory, Batman versus Superman, in the theater. We did. And then we actually recorded one of only two yeah. of the only existing in the same room Epic Film Guy episodes ever. And it's the one that Justin stayed awake for, because the other one, he was just so fucking hammered. Uh, I think hammered. I fell asleep in your lap. He was sure. so fucking hammered. That definitely happened. Yeah. <laughs> Second time, but... but... But it's weird, because where I'm sitting right now, we actually set up a table... And we sat across from each other and yep. nobody else was here but us. And we recorded in the same room. Yeah. And it was, I mean, just, I mean, our, our love of the DCEU is, is you know, well, at least of the Snyder films of it, you know, I mean, we can talk about the Shazams and the Wonder Womans and God help us, the Suicide Squads. But, you know, I mean, especially for, for Snyder's vision, you know, I, I think you and I have both definitely been on board with what what has been promised and if i can tangent for a moment if i may um when we talk about this movie and when we love it or we hate it or or whatever like this this is something that has that has drilled home to me again and again on the numerous i've watched this movie six fucking times um on 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 all the rewatches of this movie this is a movie born of tragedy. You know, th this is a movie that love it or hate it, love Zack Snyder or hate him, agree or disagree with whatever choices he made in this release. This film wouldn't exist if not for the fact that it is, his daughter committed suicide and he stepped away from the production in 2017 and the studio made the decisions that they made to pump out the thing that we got in theaters and I was on In Session Film and talked to JD and Ryan about this as well, but, like, I know it colors my experience a little bit with this film, um, and, and we'll get into the review of it, and we're going to talk a lot about a lot of different things in this film, but, you know, th there's a moment in this film when you get to the end credits and two words, for Autumn, appear... And then her favorite song plays over the opening credit or over the ending credits, excuse me. And uh, I just I, I cry every fucking time. The amount of goodness that has been done because of this movie, all the money raised for AFSP in, in, in the wake of this movie. And, you know, Zach kind of getting to come full circle and have this kind of catharsis where he gets to realize this vision that you know the universe just took it away from him the way that it did for me i i 
I find it impossible to divorce myself from that when I watch this film and, and when I review this film even. So it colors my experience of this film a bit, but fuck this movie makes me emotional. Fuck does this movie make me emotional in a lot of ways. A lot of fucking ways. So I don't, I don't know how you guys felt about that or how you guys feel about it going into it or, or, or whatever, but... We're going to get into all those reasons in just a few moments. We're going to take a very quick promo break, and when we get back, we're going to go deep into our review of Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. The Epic Film Guys podcast is fueled by our sponsor, Evil Tea, by the Evil Tea Company. Steeped in darkness, Evil Tea brings a sharp variety of tea flavors, featuring robust and creative blends for all those tea addicts out there. Use promo code EPICFILMGUYS for 15% off your first order. Please make sure to check out their website at EvilTeaCompany.com to find the right blend for you. And welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for sticking with us here on the Epic Film Guys podcast. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. Cox! Can... Oh. Dicks! <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, see? All he has to do is come back on. We get all vulgar again. See, we were trying to make this a clean show, too, and see how well that went. It didn't go well. well not, with, not with the fucking potty mouth saucy here. God. No. No, no, no. He's the most foul bastard I know. He really is. Look at him. I mean, just look at him. He's kind of pretty, too, though, so it's kind of hard to... That smile. Really? Don't trust it. Don't trust it. (sighs) We are going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, Voisos, if there's any person out there listening to this show that is unfamiliar or unaware of what this movie is supposed to be. It's entirely pointless segment of the show. Okay. Listen, (laughs) this is your job. This is why you're paid. Okay. Yes, daddy. Determined to ensure Superman's sacrifice was not in vain, Batman and Wonder Woman recruit Aquaman, Cyborg, and the Flash to form an unprecedented league of heroes to save the planet from the catastrophic threat of Darkseid, Steppenwolf, and Desaad. Is that good enough for you, yes, Justin? That is, that is, that is correct. And should we save you, Saucy, or should we start with Nick? Who wants it? Should we flip a coin here? Well, Nick's already kind Let of him... prefaced. Unless we want to go Let with initial thoughts it. of what we thought. We're doing initial thoughts. Okay. Yes, that's what we're doing right now. So why don't I go last? I want to know who wants to. Gross. Oh. Okay. Well, Nick. There you go. The floor is yours. <sighs> this movie is exactly what we should have received in 2017. I cannot, in my head, watching this film, understand for the life of me how anyone sees the things in this film and is like, no. Sees the things in this film and is like, eh, no, cut that out. Because there are things in this film which, fuck you, Saucy, I don't care well, how bad you're going to shit on this thing when you, we get to your thoughts, but there are things in this film that are just light years better than anything that we've even gotten, and I'll say it, in the DCEU, and maybe 
stuff that rivals some of the best stuff we've gotten in comic book movies in general. This film is amazing. And the great thing about it is, is the more you watch it, the more you peel back the layers of that onion, the more you get invested and you get to like explore these characters, every character, and even a bunch of the minor characters get a ton of breathing room here because it's a four hour film. So of course you get a lot of breathing room for that, but I was never bored. Four hours does not feel like four hours. The film blows by at that pace. And, and like, there is so, so much good here. There's some negatives. I'm not going to lie. This is for all it's worth. This is Zack Snyder literally throwing every kitchen sink that he can touch into this movie. This is Zack Snyder at his most indulgent and Zack Snyder's already hyper indulgent anyway. So you've got to kind of take that as it goes. And some of that stuff does not work. And some of that stuff, definitely, if you think about this and like what would maybe have happened in 2017, had the tragedy not happened in his family, it never would have made the light of day in a theatrical or maybe even a director's cut. But because he was literally told, do whatever you want, put literally everything in here. This is literally fucking everything. So it is hyper indulgent, hyper over the top, hyper slow motion, hyper chanting. But it is, it's incredible. It is incredible. I, I can't wait to break down so many things about this movie. Yeah, this is the most Zack Snyder movie that Zack Snyder has directed. And I think for all intents and purposes, it deserves to be that. Uh, the man created a franchise that he was told he would oversee from the beginning. Christopher Nolan backed him as the guy to reboot Superman. He did that with his vision of the character. I think what you need to do in order to dissect this movie is to go back and look at that and think about his creative vision behind one character and the universe that he wanted to create. And you have to go on one side or the other, either you accept it and you go along with it and you, you can deal with his version of these characters or you're on the opposite side and you cannot. There's two different teams here. That will determine how you feel about all of these movies. But make no mistake, this is his clearest vision. This is his most complete vision. And for me, it is his most epic. I think this, in my opinion, is probably nearly his best film. Um, for so many reasons. Because he was allowed to finally do what he wanted to do. We don't know what the suits in the room said when he was doing Man of Steel. Does he really need to break Zod's neck? In Dawn of Justice, we know how polarizing that film was to audiences. We know how scared Warner Brothers was to release it. This is too dark. Think about back in 1989 when they were about to release Tim Burton's Batman. I'm just saying, they didn't know, but they still released it. People were scared that it was different. And it got shunned. It was a scapegoat for so many years. Martha was on the lips of every single fanboy that, that wanted was, to hate that movie. That was. That was. Is, well, still is. Because people still, still can't stop talking about it to this day. But it is a terrible scene, to be, to be fair. 
Oh, it it's is. A, a, I love a, that a, movie, and yes, it, a, the scene a, does not to work. Me, it, it never bothered me to the extent that it bothered others, but fair enough. That's fine. But what I'm saying here is, is this man who put his heart and his soul into these characters, he legitimately loves each and every one of them. And you could tell in this movie that that's what he was trying to do. He finally got to complete his vision. And for me, it's and all the fans around the world, I have to take the time right now before I go any further, and I have to thank every single fan that hashtagged release the Snyder Cut, that put money into those billboards. Because honestly, without that fan traction, Warner Brothers would have never paid attention. And not only and that, think- and, and, and I know Loisos has got a smirk on his face because, yes, there is a very toxic toxic element to that fandom. There is. But at the very least, this movie and this movement that got this movie released is doing some real good in the world. It and, is. And, and, period. And I, I, I have to get back to the to where I was going before we have to throw it over to the saucy because we have to give it to saucy. He's sitting there. I can see his tooth coming out of his mouth like a little bulldog. He's growling. He's like, I got to get it out. <laughs> but um, for me, I, I was anticipating this, but nowhere near uh, the level that I anticipated the last two movies that Zack Snyder did in the DCEU. Lots of different reasons. We're in COVID. We can't see this in a theater. And for me, I thought maybe there's going to be a, a couple of new scenes that we've never seen before. And I'll be like, cool, that's that's fun, that's fine. But I was not prepared to be affected by this movie as much as I was, which we're going to get into in this full review. So for me, my reaction right off the bat was I was literally in awe over what I watched. Saucy! <laughs> God, God help me. Dun, dun, dun. Well, it's no secret to longtime listeners of the show that I fundamentally object to Zack Snyder's vision of the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, Man of Steel is one of the most disappointing experiences of my movie-going life, and Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice is among the most agonizing. Um, while I do admire Snyder's ambition and, and chutzpah, in the past I've used phrases such as ponderous, uh, pretentious, miserable, nonsense, and the biggest pile of crap I've ever seen to describe his works. And I did a rewatch of both Man of Steel and BVS in preparation, and my opinion on them has not changed. The theatrical cut of Justice League I also rewatched, and it's truly a spectacular failure. Ooh. It's uh, it's a pathetic, Jesus. shallow attempt at a crowd pleaser that was very cynically rushed out in a barely releasable form so that Warner Brothers executives could get their year-end bonus. So so while I certainly wouldn't say I was excited for the Snyder Cut of Justice League, um, especially after being somewhat annoyed by the aggressiveness of the online fan campaign for it, you could say that I was morbidly curious to see how it would all shake out. And I was not necessarily expecting a better movie, but I thought it would be impossible for the four-hour-long director's cut to be less coherent than the version dumped into theaters. So I watched this film, to say the least, with very tempered expectations. So with all that being said, Superman the movie, Tim Burton's Batman, Spider-Man 2, 
The Dark Knight, The Avengers, Logan, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I fucking loved this movie. What? What? Oh my fucking god! What? No fucking way! I can't. I gotta. I can't, hit, no, no I gotta, way! I, gotta, I, gotta, I can't. You're I gotta faking. put the headphones. I gotta walk away. He's, I gotta walk no, no, away. I'm no, sorry, no, 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 listeners, no, no. for your ears. No, 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 no. He's faking, dude. He's. This I have is goosebumps bullshit. up my fucking arm. This Nick. is a lie. Goosebumps up my entire back. Dude, seriously, seriously. Look at. Oh, dude. There's no dude, way. He's faking. You're full of Look shit. Look at him. He's faking. You're full it. of shit. Dude, stop. Why are you doing this to us? Are you really gonna troll us? He's like. Listen. I was the last I was the last person I expected to say these words. But in spite of myself, I think the movie is a remarkable achievement. And just like the films I just listed, it's a oh, defining it's a defining Dude. moment in the superhero movie genre. God Dude, damn. I can't even I definitely right, don't think on, it's perfect, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I do. Oh, it's not. I don't think any of us think that. But not. I mean, but dude, I do love it. Shit. I do love it, and I I love it for two reasons. Number one, it vindicates Snyder after having his vision aborted due to corporate greed, and number two, it's a goddamn good movie. Wow, dude, seriously. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's make this clear. Uh, our reaction is extremely legitimate. Here. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm near in tears here. Nick, I've got goosebumps dude, on my fucking he's been saying, feet, well, dude. And and listeners, you you guys like the pre-roll stuff, like the in-between stuff, in-between segments and stuff. He's like, been trolling he's us. Been, like, he's been trolling us the whole time. He's like, this giant piece of shit. I'm rating it zero out of ten. I've seen nothing from him on social media about this movie or anything like that. Like me, you could have easily predicted me walking into this movie the way that I love Man of Steel and BBS and coming out of this thing extremely positive. But... And, and I will say this, I, I will say this because this has been my experience with a lot of people who are still, even still, not the highest on Man of Steel or BVS that have come out of this movie absolutely loving it. So I, I, I'm i thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled to hear Loisos talk about all of this in a positive light. And because and, I was I was really I was expecting to come in here, Justin, and just me and you were going to be on the defensive the whole time. Like, no, Loisos, dude, shut up. All these things back and forth like we were going to be. Because well, this is how it's been for the past however many been. years. Always. It's always been that way. Um, I so, mean, wow. Wow. And, 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 and honestly, I, I have to throw this to our Twitter. Actually, I put up a poll. And I, I listed four different DCEU movies, the Snyder Cut, Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, and One Woman. And I said, which is your favorite? And, dude, a powerful 42% said the Snyder Cut. I mean, that's the kind of reaction I'm seeing right now from so many different people. People like Loisos that were, they were not fans of Man of Steel. They maybe even hated Man of Steel. And they maybe even hated Dawn of Justice even more voice off. Is it entirely possible that your rewatch of the justice cut? Did that have anything to do with your initial reaction of this cut? Cause ne- neither me or well, Nick said he watched one scene from it. I haven't watched that version of the film since I saw it in Not theaters. Since I saw it in night. theaters. Yep. Just, I, I watched the, 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 the Steppenwolf versus the Amazons battle from the original because I wanted to do, a scene by scene kind of comparison in my head. And I did, I did it on Facebook as well. So if you follow me on social media, you saw it, but yeah, I'm really, really curious. Do you think that that colored your, 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 your review of this film at all? Or, I mean, 
I mean, I, go, I, I think me, that me I, stop. We, we gotta we gotta get there. I think that I would still feel the same way as I do about Zack Snyder's Justice League anyway. But comparing the two, especially so close together, pretty much uh, not exactly back to back, but I did in pretty close proximity watch both films, and it's very clear which one is better. Um, objectively better, not just, oh, well, I like this version better. No, if there's no reason for the 2017 version to exist anymore. Whereas the theatrical version was this slapdash Frankenstein's monster of Whedon's like smart aleck dialogue and Snyder's gloomy aesthetic with the color saturation turned all the way up to 11. This version is visually consistent it's tonally consistent and it generally feels like a movie that people cared about making um you can make the argument that it's overindulgent and i'm not entirely sure that i would disagree but there's passion behind it you can tell there's passion there and that makes all the difference in the world as far as i'm concerned and for me at least uh all of the character stuff that lacked in the justice cut um is fully developed here. I mean, uh, apparently based on what Snyder said, he wanted this always to be a cyborg story. Oh. We finally get a cyborg story fully fleshed what? out. We get every character oh. uh, gets their time. Now, again, yes, the runtime is long. Yes, he's giving carte blanche to go as long as he wants to. It is a little self-indulgent, but I feel like we have to get past the fact, ladies and gentlemen, that... DC was trying to catch up. We know that they couldn't go the Marvel route. If they had tried to go the Marvel route, we would still be there right now waiting. I mean, we might we, we might be at the first uh, you know, uh movie where Batman and Superman meet for the first time right now if they had tried it to do it that way. They were rushing. We know what they were trying to accomplish. They were still in the midst of the Dark Knight trilogy when Marvel was already pumping out Avengers, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to put that into consideration when you're talking about these movies. You can no longer try to blame them and go, well, this, we all know they were trying to do that. So Snyder's job was to do just that, to try to build everybody up to speed with this new version of Superman. And yes, Nick is correct. We talked about it in our Dawn of Justice review. Batman didn't need to be in that movie. Did I want him to be in that movie? Yes, because Batfleck is my number two favorite cinematic Batman of is, all time. Is Batfleck fucking amazing? Absolutely, yes. He fucking is. And in this version of this movie, he's still great. Oh, when God. Me being a huge fan of that version of that character, obviously God. we're going to go through all the characters and how they've you know been improved or maybe not, depending on your opinion. Um, I was so let down because you could tell with those reshoots that Affleck's heart was not in any of that you guys correct me if i'm wrong i mean he was bored he was spouting off dialogue like he was just he had a cup of tea and he just wanted to get it over with in this movie he is focused he is the same batman but developed he has learned from what happened in donald justice and his mind is made up he has his route in front of him he's going down it with diana to side i mean there every character in this movie seems to make sense well, it's 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 vindication, and we've all read the reports. We've all read all the stuff coming out about Joss Whedon and about Ray Fisher and about the the experience during the reshoots of Justice League. And this is vindication not only for Zack Snyder but also for Ray Fisher. Like we get to see an incredible 
incredible performance. And and Zack Snyder has said from the get-go that Cyborg is the heart of this movie. And he 100% is. There's so much about Cyborg that I want to talk about and that I want to get into with that character. But, I mean it's ultimate vindication like like whedon's it, it, you can blame whedon you can blame the studio you can blame whomever but even when snyder was on board even before the tragedy that befell the snyder family the mandate from the studio was we want a two-hour version of this film and now i i said it earlier when we were talking about this kind of in the in the, in the initial thoughts but like i think there's a three hour maybe three hour 15 minute superhero masterpiece in this in this mix uh, there, because there's definitely stuff you can lose here. You can definitely lose the uber indulgences of a Zack Snyder because he is ultimately Zack Snyder, and when you give him free reign, he's going to indulge to the well, end. Well, dude, decree. there are a ton of slow motion shots a that ton. literally too many. I mean, with, 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 too many with needle drop moments. I mean, yep. seriously, they happen like every. I counted almost every Justin, 35 to 40 minutes. You said it perfectly, though. You said it perfectly that the characters in this film all get great character arcs. They're all fully realized characters. Even some of the minor characters, like Joe Morton as Silas Stone. What a great performance of what a great character arc from Silas Stone. Silas Stone in a fucking Justice League movie is like that should be like one of the last things that we're talking about. But I mean, seriously, when you think about like Ray Fisher, like you talk about Affleck's heart wasn't in it in those reshoots. Like we've heard the reports about the toxicity on set, about Whedon and his attitude and being a tyrant and all these different things. Like, I mean, seriously. So I watched one scene. I watched Steppenwolf versus the Amazons. And if you want to understand how just the thinking try to wrap your head around the thinking of Warner brothers executives at the time to cut that battle the way that they did to, to basically make the Amazons from the Zack Snyder version where they are so heroic. Like you, like there's that one fucking scene where like daughters of Themyscira show him your fear. We have no fear. I wanted to jump off my fucking couch and start cheering. Like that shit's so good. It's not in the theatrical. Why? That, 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 that whole action sequence Why? in general, the whole build up to that scene and all of that is in Snyder's cut expertly done it's energetic suspenseful it's eviscerated in the in, the, in the theatrical I, I know it's, well, here's, it's crazy and here's the thing i mean if if warner brothers mandated that Zack snyder and, and i guess ultimately joss whedon the movie had to be two hours exactly i i don't blame whedon for this because that's a tall order because, no, I blame Warner Brothers exactly because one hundred percent because like there's only so much you can fit into two hours, especially when you're introducing characters like Flash and like Cyborg. So what do you do to pare it down? And I guess from Whedon's perspective, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I know he did not get along with Ray Fisher at all. In fact, he, from all accounts, he was pretty hateful towards him on set. But Cyborg is the character that audiences are least invested in. Uh, and so what do you do? You get rid of his scenes because most people well, don't care, I mean, you know? Or, yeah. So, I mean, I understand you have to trim, excise even major portions of the movie in order to get it down to a, that length that is mandated. But then we didn't add shit like jokes about brunch and like stuff like that just does not belong in the movie whatsoever. So you get the character arcs in this version. I mean, we, 
again, we talked about Ray Fisher. No one in the cast was fucked over more than him. The theatrical cut did away with his entire backstory, which is crucial to the arc of the movie and not even just the character. Oh my but God. It's, and it's crazy because you oh, watch his backstory. I, know, I was going to say, you I mean, watch his backstory, there, but... you watch his backstory and it's so compelling. Imagine watching these incredible emotional scenes of Cyborg's origin and thinking, oh, we don't need this. <laughs> I don't understand how, as any level of creative anywhere, you look at what he's got planned and the, the character arcs, the thematic arcs, and you say, nah. You know what, Nick? Nah. I think w- what it comes down to is I think none of them were thinking within the realm of what the film itself should or could be. I think they were thinking they were scared. They were seeing that the darkness was still intact. It was the darkness that was so polarizing about Dawn of Justice that all the critics were talking about, all the, you know, the armchair critics on Twitter, everyone was complaining about, and they were like, we're scared to do this. We made the wrong decision, and the chance they had the opportunity to push him out and do something else, they said, get the guy that did Avengers, pay him whatever we can let him make the best film he can out of whatever he can with the footage that's there and whatever they can reshoot. We'll give you this much money and make it a two hour movie. And that's what we want to release because it'll make money. And that's literally all they cared about. I don't think any deep thought went into what the movie should be at that point. I think Warner brothers was already over that idea. They were scared and just wanted to put out product, put out a poster. It's got Batman on it, Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's going to, it's going to sell tickets. And for me, I mean, like, I think the number one thing we need to get into as we discuss this is the villain. Because on the epic film, guys, the villain is the most important thing. Your film is only as good as your villain is, as menacing as that villain is. And if they have enough backstory for us to give a fuck about them. (laughs) As epic film guy Nick will tell you, uh, in the original Justice cut uh Steppenwolf was a big pussy boy. He was a bitch. He was not a threatening character at all. This movie opens and we see a tall threatening villain full of menace and when he moves around the spikes all over his fucking body move and they stick up. I'm like there's not a more fucking badass heavy metal villain than this motherfucker that I've seen on screen. Seriously. And then it, it he has he has more catharsis because literally He has a backstory. He just wants to go home. All he wants to do is seek redemption in Darkseid's eyes. For as much as I absolutely hated the the 2017 Steppenwolf, he's probably my favorite thing about the Snyder Cut of this film. He's menacing. He's an unstoppable badass. He's hulking the voice like they they took the original like and you hear it in the original Zack Snyder trailer for Justice League that original voice. It's the original voice. They didn't do the all the re-recorded stuff where they made it much less. The CGI is much much better. This is a much more sympathetic character. You can understand he just wants redemption. He just wants to go home. He's not just generic bad guy A who wants to destroy the world. That was one of the biggest problems that the original Justice League, the 2017 film made, is they watered Steppenwolf down to the point where he was just super generic. All he wanted was to 
to destroy the world, didn't matter what else, didn't care. Like this character, like there's moments like he calls to Desaad and he he he's like, please let me have an audience with him. Let me come home. And you know, I know it's a digital character, but there's shots of this character where like his eyes, his eyes are so emotive and expressive. They gave him big like, anime eyes. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Nick, you and I have been talking about this for how many fucking years with, with the MCU? And oh, yeah. the fact that for, for so many movies, they had, you know, fill in the blank, fucking paint, paint by numbers. Paint by numbers, yep. Paint by but numbers. But it still worked in a successful fashion. It made f- fans happy. It, the films all did very well successfully financially. Um, we all, for the most part, liked them, minus you, Nick. Uh, depending on which one it was. I mean, some of them later on you loved and whatever not, that's a story for another day. So that, that leads me to my next question. I want to ask this right now of Lois to us because I know how much hatred he had towards this film. Does this version of Wonder Woman redeem what we saw in Wonder Woman 84? Uh, definitely. Well, in particular, in particular, her opening of the movie where she saves a whole group of tourists. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, which I found is one of the most uh, impressive scenes of the entire film. I mean, the action is, I mean, the fights are faster. They're more brutal um, than in the theatrical cut. In the theatrical cut, it seemed like she was just kind of floating around weightlessly. The punches didn't seem to land as hard. Um, And in this, I mean, this may or may not be a criticism of the two of you, but I think while the film looks pretty handsome for the most part, Occasionally, the visual effects look a little dodgy. There's a part where Wonder Woman, she flies through the glass ceiling to to throw the suitcase, the bomb, up in the air. And there's a part where she, like, jitters for a moment. And it's very noticeable. At least, it was noticeable for me. And distracting. And But Saucy, she literally kicks a dude in the air, slides across the room, grabs same dude in midair, and launches him against the wall... Only to see his head smashed like a fucking melon with blood gushing everywhere. Yeah. She also causes. And I'm like, and I'm like, that's why. And I'm like, yes. And then she tells a little girl. she tells a little girl. She's like, you can be anything you want to be. And I'm like, fuck yeah. She also yeah, causes uh, an untold amount of property damage in that scene too. But listen, uh, oh, well, every listen, single superhero, every listen. single superhero, <laughs> uh, they all do unnecessary. But it was it well, was a great scene. I, I I do think Gal Gadot, her portrayal is good. There are some moments and scenes where she seems a little lost, like she's not quite sure what she should be doing in a given scene. Um, but. Well, there's some terrible, I mean, and, and, and we saw the, the majority of when Superman gets resurrected, the battle at uh, at uh, Heroes Park is largely Don't still Don't get me sniper. hard already. Nick, what are you doing? Jesus, you calm yet? down, calm down. But hard? like the, the oh, battle shit. at Heroes Park is still, even in the theatrical version of this, it's still largely Snyder. Like there's still that just ungodly, cringeworthy line delivery of, Kal-El, no! Like yeah, I mean that's still like that. Well, some of, I think some of the the, the pre-recorded monologue stuff where she's especially when she's talking about the history of the history lesson stuff, gets a little bit. Yeah, yeah I mean like uh, yeah, she's I really do love her. I I mean she is amazing as Wonder Woman. Her I, screen presence as Wonder Woman is fantastic. I just, I, I don't just think don't I can ever take for that, that long. I mean yeah. maybe that's the, she that's she's the thing great at. at posing. 
she strikes a great Wonder Woman pose, that's for sure. But and she's great physically, is in in terms of performance, like a physical presence. Well, and even in that touching moment, the, though, that touching moment when she kneels to the little girl and she's like, "Is everything okay, princess?" You yeah, yeah, you know, and she can I be like you when I grow up? You could be in, like the, in that touching moment, that that smaller moment, that's great. Yes, honey, you can smash <laughs> bad guys' fucking heads against the wall and blood will splatter <laughs> fucking everywhere. Yes, you can blow up the entire side of a building and all these other people will die. Here, here's the thing. It's a Snyder movie, and you know what? No one's complaining because all the cops lived. All the innocents lived. Yeah. The bad guys got their heads exploded. We see... Here's the, the thing I love about this. People are like, why does it need to be R? Guess what? Batman says fuck once. Um, More than once. Cy- Cyborg says Yo, fuck the world. I can't wait world. to talk about that nightmare shit. And Ooh. also, also... We get to see our heroes throw fucking bad guys against the wall and their fucking heads crush against the wall and blood goes. And I'm like, Louise else, you know, damn well. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, because that's what would really happen in real yeah. life. If that fucking person with those kinds of powers did that. Well, and they just literally- the movie's not trying to be realistic. So let's not go there. I, I think I, I'm still of the mind that it's entirely unnecessary for a movie featuring Batman and Superman to be rated this R. This is coming from the guy that likes to see children beheaded. But here's the thing. Fucking their heads cut the fuck No, no, off. but here's the thing. Movies. Those movies are made for adults. I want to see a kid get stabbed. Those movies are made for adults. These movies, ostensibly, I mean, Batman versus Superman, I literally... No, this here let me talk. Rated let R. me talk. I literally could not imagine a child sitting through Batman versus Superman and enjoying it from beginning to end. It's so dour. It's so... That's the thing about this film that I liked. Though it is darker in tone to your typical you know, Marvel film, for example, it's not dour, and it's not this like lugubrious affair. Um, a lot of the Flash's comic relief quips are present, uh, but the pointless additions by Whedon that are thankfully ex- excised, including that recurring bit about brunch... And the hackneyed joke about the Flash falling on top of Wonder Woman with his face landing on her boobs, which Whedon also did in Avengers Age of Ultron. So for whatever reason, he loves that joke. But the humor in this version tends to be a little more subtle. I really love the uh, reduced speed ahead sign that signaled the introduction of the Flash, um, which we need to talk about that scene. Let's talk about it right now because you're talking about it. But this shows that Snyder is no longer afraid to have fun with his world and his characters. And that's what I was missing all along. I didn't want it to be a Marvel film. I didn't expect it to be quippy and goofy like a Marvel film. But I wanted to. Sh- I wanted Snyder to show that, yeah, I'm able to have fun with this world and these characters. And that's what this movie showed me. And I was like, finally, thank you. And moving on from that, The Flash. Because after seeing how his character is introduced and how he's integrated into the climax... Why wasn't this done the first time? It's embarrassing what what he's reduced to in the theatrical cut. And the way that he's introduced in the theatrical cut, he just Seriously. he just sits down at jail uh, at the jail and he's having the conversation with his father. That's the first time we see him. This version, we get to see an amazing scene with Flash that I loved that scene. I, I'm so honestly, and I'm sorry again, I'm you know how I am. I always talk over you. I'm so sorry, but it makes me so happy to hear that you enjoyed this scene. You were the first person, Loisos, to turn me on to Ezra Miller with one of your favorite fucking movies. You let me borrow it. When we knew he was going to be Flash, you were all excited and said, you need to watch this movie. He's really good in it. Perks of being a wallflower. 
And I watched it and I fucking loved it. And I loved him in it. And I was like, there's so much that they could do with this character. And a lot of people walked out of the justice cut hating Ezra Miller saying he's obnoxious. He's annoying. Couldn't stand him. Recast him. People right now still want him recast in his own movie. Um, that we know is still happening. We're what we didn't get into the pre-roll part of that right now. Cause there is news regarding that right now regarding Michael Keaton and all that, but that'll be for another time. Uh, but for me, at least, dude, Barry's first feat of her being a hero on screen was so impressive. It was heartwarming. Um, he was just quippy. Barry Allen um, with, with, with awesome quips. He was funny. It didn't feel forced. I was like, I was going to throw this to you. This was my line. I said, does that mean Zack Snyder has a soft spot? Like, Really? It showed that he was a hero to begin with. He didn't have to grovel to Batman and say, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. How do I be a hero? He just is. And that's the core of the character that carries through all the way to the very end. When the Flash is literally the hero of the movie. Because if he were not around, Darkseid would have succeeded. The Justice League, they all would have died. But it's the Flash who saves the day in the end. This this is the same thing that we see make make no mistake this is the same uh version of what we see spider-man do in civil war like the first entry of that character with dealing with these other powerful characters it's the same kind of idea um but yet we know that the flash is so much more powerful and he's yet to harness that uh it, it makes it all that much more exciting because when i was watching i was like oh shit they're gonna go there what is he really gonna do he actually got in the fight Wait, he actually beat that dude up. He knocked that dude out. I was like, "Wait a minute!" And the, the other and he cut, saved like, people he without being told to. Well, and yeah. Th- yeah, and that's one of the one of the things to get into here as well is when you think back to 2017 and like Loisas mentioned that whole. Oh, I, I'm I I don't do I don't do uh, confrontation. Like, oh, I'm not a hero. I don't know how to be your hero. Like, how way do to you emasculate your character. At, at, at Gotham Harbor, like, how do you cut that scene of, of, of Flash coming outside and literally, like, moving as fast as possible to stop all the debris from falling and, and, and killing people and, and hurting people? Like, it's such a great heroic scene. And I, I wanted to kind of to broaden this a little bit, if you'll allow me. Like, one of the things that I loved most about this film, and I mean, a lot has been made and a lot will continue to be made about the fact that this film is four hours long. But I think the pacing of this film is excellent because you don't even see Flash until the third chapter of this film. Like, you get, like, a tiny sliver of Cyborg, but you don't really explore Cyborg as a character until the third chapter of this film. It takes its time. It allows everything about it to breathe there's so much going on in this film there are so many different plot threads to tug at there's so many different things to examine and to think about in this film but you're never bored there's always so much going on that you're always invested in this and then you know you get to chapter three and all of a sudden oh here's this whole other character here's barry allen with and that's an amazing scene and we'll talk more i'm sure about some of the needle drops that snyder has in the film some of which do work some of which do not this one for me works this meeting of iris west kirstie clemens who gets i mean like the most like insignificant amount of anything to do 
in this film, but she's already been announced that she is coming back for the Flash movie now. Like they have, you know, confirmed that she's going to be coming back as Iris West. I mean, this to me, like it's it it it, it well, it has the funny thing about the hot dog, which is 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 fucking dude, great. Dude, genuinely when funny. Put, yeah. When he's taking it's those hot dogs out of midair, but it's touching. It's it it's it's wonderful, and it just it it doesn't shove it all at you at once it doesn't cram it all down your throat and say here take all this at once it takes its time we only meet what one or two new characters in the first like hour of this film and then it slowly unwraps the rest of them gives you the rest of them so even at four hours this thing is not hard to sit through like it moves so well that you you don't you're not sitting there and be like oh my god this film is so long because you're getting so much well i think so much i I can see you ready to talk and maybe you'll elaborate on this a little bit maybe i'm wrong this thing is set up as chapters it does seem more like a show than a movie you could very easily parse it over several nights as i did um, I, I watched parts one through three one night and the rest another yeah, night. Yeah, you did it the different way than the two of us did it. Yeah. I, I watched it twice. So so Nick's watched it, whatever, six, seven, eight, five, I've, nine I've watched times, it whatever so the many fuck times. you watched it. And I can't I wait to twice, watch it so. again. I can't wait Dude, to well, fucking well, watch it again. I, I knew that Lois House was going to watch it that way, and I was interested to hear his viewpoint because I think if you look in episodic terms, it works very well. It works very well. It's almost like a show, right? Definitely. I mean, there was literally no night this weekend where we all had the time, the three of us, to sit down and watch it together because it's four hours long. That's a, that's a big time commitment. So thankfully, I do appreciate the fact that they split it, split it up into chapters so that you can parcel it up and do, you know, two chapters one night and two chapters another night and two chapters. But I have to ask this question because we're going to take a quick break here in a minute for a promo, but I have to ask you this question. Someone that's working in the theater industry, someone that's been working in the theater industry for so many years. Do you think it's possible? And also do you think it's going to happen where this movie may get a short theatrical release? I hope so. But the thing is, I understand why they could not release this version of the movie because you literally could have one show time a day, maybe two, which is just not, it's not palatable for your Thanksgiving audience. You know what I mean? When you release it um, to the general public. And that's the thing. I feel like this could have been two parts. This could have been split up into two parts. Because well, we all know that's what he wanted to do, right? Isn't that what he wanted to do? Because if I'm not mistaken, chapters one through three, um, you know, Basically, I would even say I would even say one through four. Sure, I would say one through four. Like, but like a lot I, the of the first it, film ends with the decision to resurrect Superman. That could be. That could be. Um, you know, the first major portion of it is just Bruce Wayne getting the team together again. You don't see Cyborg. You don't see Flash for a good hour. Um, and then again, if you compare it with the theatrical version, like the opening scene on the rooftop, that's so awkward with Batman. Oh fuck. It's so wow. terrible. Having the oh, pillow fight with God, the parademon. Please. Um, no. that's, that was like Whedon saying, like, we need to see Batman earlier. So we open the movie with him. But this works so much better. Fear. <laughs> but that's the thing. It works so much better this way. Um, 
But you could have like the movie end with that first big fight scene with Steppenwolf, for example, and that be your big action climax. And in that scene, the Justice League lose. They're at a low point at that point in the story. So that could be the end of your yeah, part they, they, one. They, they, they bring in the Nightcrawler, everything, like, and they're still at a loss. Absolutely. So that could be the end of your part one. And then part two, you could release you know, a few months later. I just don't know why they didn't do this to begin with instead of releasing the version that literally looks like it was colored in with marker to, to audiences. It's embarrassing. They should feel embarrassed. But anyway, overall, I think the length and the pacing of the movie is extremely tight. Editing's really good. I also think that although a lot of the flash and cyborg stuff is great, if they had planned it out better, those should have been their own movies, their own origin stories before the lead up to justice league. But I understand why they didn't do that. (sighs) And, and I we, feel like we, we, Cyborg gets it because Cyborg is, I mean, f- well, we know, and, and even at the time that this film was in production, they knew a Flash Snyder movie was coming. Snyder wanted this to be his story, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, well, we knew a Flash movie was coming, but there was no announcement of a Cyborg movie or anything. So the only chance maybe we would have gotten to see Cyborg would have been in this movie. So they literally made Cyborg the heart of this movie. Well, they announced it. I mean, I'm going to cut you off, Nick. They announced a Cyborg movie. They did not announce it. I don't think they ever went like further than just like, they oh, just announced that they it was announced on the that docket, they wanted but they, to make yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a list and images. Well, how many? But they never I remember that because it was like a big unveiling event with Kevin yeah, Smith. Yeah, we posted yeah. it. We posted oh, yeah. it to the Epic Film oh, Guys yeah. page and all that. But, how many but, but different they never... things did we see back in that yeah. time frame from Warner Brothers of different Jeff projects Jones that they is wanted producing to do? And, and whoever else is. You know? But, I mean, like. And I think the, like. The the, 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 the the kind of crushing thing about this is, and it, Zack Snyder, again, has said numerous times that the heart of this movie is Cyborg. Cyborg. And, and I mean, Ray Fisher's performance in this film, the character arc between he and his father, Silas, in this movie, even the, the brief scenes we get with his mother in this They're film. They're fucking great, dude. Fucking soul crushing, dude. And I can't believe it. Dude. I know, I know Justin so said we wanted to go to our break in a moment here, but one thing I really, really wanted to mention about, about Cyborg, and it's one of the things, you know, I have focused a lot. And I know a lot of people out there that listen to this struggle a lot with with mental health and, and, and struggle with maybe finding your place in the world and, and, and maybe struggle with maybe you don't feel like you're whole. Maybe you feel like there's parts of you, you know, that, that, that you know, there's there's things about yourself that you want to fix or whatever. But there's there's that great moment, you know, toward the end of the movie when 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 cyborg goes into the mother boxes and he's trying to stop the unity and everything like that and you know he's confronted with a version of his parents and himself whole and, and you know they're like my broken boy my broken boy and and, and ray fisher just has and i mean it, it, it there's even the ironic touch of it in in light of everything that, that has happened to Zack snyder with, with with the tragedy that happened with his family but you know he just has that amazing moment where he's just like I'm not broken. How many people out there watching this movie? And this is one of the things that confounds me the most about this movie, because you think about the universality. This is a, this is a robot. This is a character who has turned into a fucking cyborg with alien technology. But how universal is this idea of connecting to people and saying, no matter what's deficient in you, no matter what you feel like you're missing, no matter what you feel like is wrong, no matter what 
you're struggling with in your fucking life, you are not alone. You are not broken. Who you are, you are not a flaw. You are not a failure. You are not broken. How fucking amazing of a fucking message is that? And it all vanished. Vanished in the fucking theatrical cut. How? That's a great read of that scene, Nick. And I and I do feel like those elements, those very powerful human elements of the movie are what would have made this movie such a crowd pleaser. And I don't know how, I don't know how studio executives, and I I read reports about this studio executives said this was unwatchable and unreleasable. I I don't understand in what universe, (laughs) in what universe. And that carries through to the, to the teamwork, the team camaraderie. And we can get back to this, but like there's that scene where Batman says, I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells he's never fought us, not us united. That's exactly what the original was missing. The heart. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick promo break. We got to do it. We got to do it old school. (sighs) I got to pee. Someone's got to (laughs) pee. Promo breaks. People always understand that promo breaks were always just in pee breaks. People understand that, Listen, listen, listen. Justin, wake up. Skins, I done told you to keep quiet or I'll whoop you. Justin, it's time to start promoting the fifth annual live stream for The Cure. I can't believe it's been a year already. We've raised over $30,000 for cancer research over the past four years. You know what that means. We have to make this year our biggest year yet. This year, we're looking to add $15,000 to that total. And beyond. Join us May 19th through the 23rd for over 50 hours of live entertainment from podcast partners and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue to fight for a future immune to cancer. Learn more about this year's event at livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us on the epic... Suck my dick! Big Film Guys podcast. Listen, it's not because I'm here. It's not because I'm here. I don't want to get blamed for this. (laughs) All right. Sorry, it's coming out of me. He'd scream Mortal Kombat if that were the case. That's coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, give him a little less than a month and he'll be screaming In my pants, bitch! (laughs) So, yes, there's no way we could not talk about this movie for another two and a half hours. But we got to wrap things up, folks. Fuck. You all have lives. We have lives. Sweatpants is tired. Sweatpants needs to go to bed. Um, So. That dog has some big ass balls. They need to be rubbed <laughs> before bed. Them balls are bigger than mine, bruh. Oh, shit. So let's wrap this review up as clumsily and as awkwardly as the movie does with this epilogue of sorts, but more like an extended post credit scene. Well, what it seems like is like, this is everything I wanted to do after the fact. That yeah, I I do. but that's the Martian thing. Martian Manhunter is there. We got Deathstroke in there. We got 
Lex Luthor is back again. And an extended scene. We got lots of stuff. I mean, it's like the Joker is back. Uh, All crammed in there. The role. Yeah. Uh, and a completely different version of the character. Well, and I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and, and you know, if, if you think of this in in the most pessimistic view possible, this is it. This is the swan song. It is Zack it Snyder's is. vision. And I know hashtag restore the Snyder cut. A lot of people are championing that. Restore the I Snyderverse. One of those fucking yeah. People, please, for the love of God, restore the Snyderverse. Give us more of this. But it, I understand Zach's logic. If this is it for me, if this is the last thing, I want this Batman and this Joker on screen together one time, once. So I get it from that perspective. I, if you I, have I the really opportunity do. to do it, why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. And, and you know? I mean, I want to pitch this to Loy Sauce, and I, I know I hated Justice League. Not Justice League. Well, I did hate that too. But I also hated suicide squad as well you want no beef you don't want no beef <laughs> but oh. loy sauce especially to, to talk to you about this jared leto's joker in the nightmare sequence in this epilogue and i mean we could talk about a father twice over because and i'll say this the little bow ties that wrap up each character arc in this movie in the epilogue a father twice over are fucking perfect mm. fucking incredible but for me, for me, I wish this movie ended with Superman. Yep. As soon as Superman opens up his shirt to reveal the emblem on his costume, it should have been. That's where I wish it ended. Bam credits. That would have been. That's the a natural ending score for me. The emotional arc of yeah. the story has concluded. And yet the film meanders for another 20 minutes, setting up movies and characters that we may not even get to see at this point. For lack of a better term, it feels tacked on. And perhaps something that Snyder should have saved at the like very ends of the credits as a diversion for fans, not as the ending to his movie. I agree with the both of you. The movie should have ended with Cavill opening the fucking shirt. Let's make it clear right now, based on the news that we all know, that J.J. Abrams is rebooting Superman <sighs> for Warner Brothers. Um, nothing that anybody asked for wanted. It's nothing that anyone <laughs> wanted. Literally every single person in the world would be like, Look, yes. Another I got to cut it in here. I got to cut it in here really, really quick. But like, of I mean, course I you mean, do. Seriously. <laughs> if you're, 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 I don't understand what the, what, what the impetus is. And, and of course it's famous in the 2017 version of this film. Cavill was doing mission impossible fallout at the time contracted to keep the mustache couldn't get rid of it, so they had to see Jared out through this in the worst the mustache. in the it. worst possible fucking way. But if you watch this Superman, how do you watch the rough cut of this? You have a scene of Superman walking through the Kryptonian scout ship. The Superman suits are coming out you of the wall. Fathers. You hear oh, the man, voiceovers cry, of Jor-El and Pa Kent telling him, "Love them, Cal. Love them like we loved you." Like it's time, son. Like we, all we, this we, fucking we, positive. We knew you were. How you kn- the oh, motherfuck do you cut the shit out of the fucking movie? How? <laughs> fuck. So look at Nick's face. My reaction. How? And I and I posted it on Facebook on. This Friday. would be a Nick's rant if I had the soundboard right now. I just seriously. And, and, and Nick knows this. Nick knows this because I was at the gym, and I and I texted him the screenshot. <laughs> 
And I was like, I fucking cried. Dude. And and he knows I cried. He knows I cried. When that fucking the Fuck door opens me, man. and the cape is bellowing and the fucking wind and that black suit's on him, he just walks forward. And then it's a throwback to Man of Steel, of course. He puts his fists to the ground and you see the gravel going up. Then he flies up in front of the earth with his arms up, obviously. Yeah, it's it's a bookend to Man of Steel. Perfect. I don't care about Man of Steel. I don't like it at all. But if you love Man of Steel, I absolutely understand that that scene can make you emotional. We we, we, we have not even talked about the fact, Nick, or Loisos, we have to talk about this, the fact that I am the biggest Danny Elfman fan in the world. Loisos is a, a clear second. Junkie XL, Tom Holkenberg's score to this movie it is fucking incredible. amazing. Well, literally, the Justice League score fucking, is possibly Danny Elfman's worst work in his entire career. So, I mean, that's well, he exactly did it all three weeks. correct. That's and exactly correct. But I mean, that theme, that 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 war power theme, the crew at war power, that theme. You know, I mean, it's a four hour movie, so you hear it a lot. You do hear variations on that theme a lot. But ancient lamentation so music playing throughout the entire uplifting. movie. Every time it's... Wonder Woman shows up on screen, <laughs> every single time. I, lo- I love you, Loisos. But th- that, like that theme, seriously, like that junky theme, like like that war power theme, the first track that 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 Holkenberg released, released, yes, you know, uh, uh, from yeah. this soundtrack, like the crew at War Power, like that is so fucking uplifting, and. Like, I mean, seriously, I, the, 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 and we love Elfman. I mean, Justin and I did a full commentary of Batman 89 way back in the day. You know, our love for Danny Elfman and his music is legendary on this show, but the work that he turned in for 2017, he didn't have the time to do anything really interesting with it. So he went derivative. He's like, let me grab my 89 theme for Batman. Let me grab the John Williams 78 Superman theme and throw him in was, here. Which was Josh Whedon's idea. Just to, yeah. just to lick your nostalgia boner a little bit and make you pre-cum a little bit and get it all over the tip of your cock. And that, and that confused me. If you listen to our old review of that version, I was confused by it. I'm like, what am I supposed to be thinking of? In this version of this movie... When Cavill shows up with the black suit, I'm like, that's how it's always supposed to have been. And that you Zimmer theme, Zimmer's man. score, mm. his theme, and mm. I fucking cried. And Daniel's like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> I just saw my Superman fly Fucking space. so cathartic, man. So and, fucking cathartic. And when he shows up to beat the fucking piss out of Steppenwolf, Not and he's like, he's like the, the axe comes down, he's like, I'm not impressed. <laughs> and then he just starts literally beating the fuck out of him. You're like, oh my fuck. It's a fanboy moment. You're like, this is what Snyder wanted us to do the entire time. He just wanted us to love this version of this character. And for me, it worked 100%. We all agree he shouldn't have died at the end of Dino Justice and the way he died. Yes, we all agree Doomsday shouldn't have shut up so early. Yes, that was well, a mistake there. Well, in the way that he in did. Hinds- I don't wanna... in hindsight, I understand it's what he's doing. It's too much to get into. It's too much to get into in this review, but I. It was too soon. It was too. Soon, I disagree with that is... on a on a on a on a on a character arc level because I really feel like it's a Superman who, even though the world or parts of the world segments of the world doubted him, 
still gave his life to protect the people of Earth and to protect the planet. Well, dude, there's lines throughout this movie where, like, I really miss... You hear the Flash saying, I really miss Superman. He was my favorite hero. I looked up to him. Well, and that's and like, then you see like, the world... In, in is, resurrecting Superman in this film, it's it's not like that's their only fucking goal from the get-go. It's like they eventually get to it. It's like they have no other choice, and it makes perfect it's also sense. Somewhat morbid, they reach that conclusion like, so perfectly. But tell me, guys, though. Tell me, is it somewhat weird where Batman's like, that scene is kind of weird. It's like, no, we're doing it. Everyone else is kind of like, even Diana's like questioning it. And she's looking at Bruce. And Aquaman and is like, too. But the, the perfect thing is, the perfect like, no, thing we're is. we're fucking doing it. We're is, doing it. It's Batman. It's Bruce Wayne trying to play God. And all these other characters are questioning him and being like, no, maybe this isn't the right thing. And he's so trapped in his guilt over what happened to Clark and over all the things that happened in Batman versus Superman that he doesn't care. He's like, no, Another this is the right thing to do. Arc. Do it. Another perfect character arc where we saw him so hateful in that movie, in this movie, such a different version of the character. Um, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, there was vision here. There was so much vision. And, 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 and I know a lot of people, Loy sauce, you know, for your own experience, hates, you know, the Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman or dislikes them or whatever the case may be, but there was vision here. And it just it, figure in the studio heads, however you want, wherever you want. We got to catch Marvel. We got to race this thing. I, again, Batman versus Superman is the perfect Man of Steel sequel if you just remove Batfleck from it. But all this stuff was always here. And now it finally is allowed to come full circle and kind of complete a full character arc. Loisos, you had mentioned when we started this segment that you wanted to get into the epilogue. And, uh, and I know you mean by that you want to get into the nightmare. Yeah. Well, yeah, essentially. Uh, I wasn't talking about the entire <laughs> epilogue uh, because it does wrap things up very nicely. Until, Holy, until the which is the weirdest thing from um, Silas Stone again. Uh, Joe Morton. And, I mean, again, this was this is this is one of the most prime examples, and I know you guys would agree with this. Where stunt casting works, he was only cast in this role because he is the guy that created Skynet and Terminator. Like, of I mean, course he fucking seriously, is. but he's but great. He's great in this he's movie. Though. So he's so good great in, in the this fucking movie. The father son relationship between Victor and Silas is incredible. He's great. His sacrifice is the emotional. only thing that would have been better. Nick is if when he died, he went, he, went, <gasps> <laughs> he should have done that again. But I mean, like, I it's no, obviously the reason longer. I can hold this, hold this. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I just, there's so much to love about this, but I want to get into the epilogue because I'll say this, and, and, I, and ask, I know you guys know this about me. Yeah, you guys know this about me, especially. I love Injustice Superman. I love this idea of a Superman who Lois Lane and his unborn child are taken from him, and in turn, it turns superman into a totalitarian dictator he's like fucks i give her zero he literally bitch. beats green arrow to death with his bare fucking hands like burns a hole through shazam's skull like he has snapped he is gone i want to see a big screen iteration of that character i love the idea of a big screen iteration of that character but here's the thing justin here's the thing loisos 
I this film ends for me when Calville opens his shirt. This film doesn't need it. This and like I said, I get Snyder's rationale. I want to have Affleck and Leto on screen one time together, and the scene. I want you to talk more about the scene, Justin, because I know how big a Batman and Joker fan you are. I love the scene. I love Batfleck. I love Leto's Joker in the scene. But this movie doesn't need it as part of the epilogue. This movie doesn't need it. Loisos, you want to wrap up? You want to get to final thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League? And I think, Justin, I, I, I think... Because he is almost a reformed Snyder lover. Well, hold your horses there. I can't there. believe it. <laughs> I want to. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm so, I so think forward. he's going to go out tomorrow. He's going to go out tomorrow and buy the most expensive version of Man of Steel on 4K Ultra oh, HD. He should. He's he going to go out the next day after that. It's a great and he's gonna go buy. He's going to buy uh, Batman vs. Superman as well. He totally just told should. me. He told me last night. Listen, Nick, he just told me last night he just bought a brand new surround sound. Sure did. 7.1. You know what we watched? You know what we watched to test it out? Aquaman. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Nick's favorite fucking movie. (laughs) To your point, Nick, up until this point, I was not at all invested in Zack Snyder's vision for the DC universe. And I think Justice League is one of my favorite superhero movies ever made that I've ever seen. So I can't even imagine oh, holy fuck. what it must feel holy like fuck. for fans of Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman to finally see the film that they wanted all along. Um, unlike the theatrical cut, it's I not... Sob. It, I sob every fucking time. Unlike the theatrical cut, it's not embarrassing or cartoonish or lame. Uh, I was never bored or frustrated. I didn't get a headache. Instead, I laughed... I cheered. I got the chills multiple times. I felt genuine emotion from this big, thundering, unwieldy thing. It does have its shortcomings, but I can simply feel when a film is working for me. And this one worked for me on pretty much every level a superhero movie can. I literally never thought I would say this, but I'm glad the Snyder Cut exists. And I want to see him come back for a follow-up. And I hope Warner Brothers has learned a valuable lesson about trusting your filmmakers. And while you're at it, Warner Brothers, release the air cut. (laughs) Fuck yeah, baby. Honestly, we we, we all want to see the air cut because we know what it was supposed to be. Um, But we're going to leave that for another episode. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we know that you guys... Listen, if you've been listening to this show for a year, two years, three years, four years... You know that we will like to drone on and do what we want to do. Us? It's the no. way we do. No, 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 no. We're going to keep doing it and keep loving it and keep reviewing movies as we see fit. But we just want to thank you. And thank Seriously. you, Nick, for coming on. We we loved having you. We've always loved having oh, you. Oh, listen. Oh, listen. Nick will come on anytime he, we want him to. Anytime. You're always welcome. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are listenable, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really does help us out. 
Feel free to follow us on social media at Epic Film Guys, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our listener community on Facebook, The Hopesters Dumpster, facebook.com slash group slash Epic Film Guys. We'd love to have you. Additionally, by the time of this recording, we will have completely revamped our Patreon tier. So from this point forward, we are fully dedicated to bringing you new and exclusive and exciting content. I'm sure I'll have about an hour to cut out of this episode uh, just for you patrons who we appreciate so, 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 so much. Only an hour? So please consider becoming a patron to help keep the show going. Patreon.com slash Epic Film Guys. Uh, and thank you to our brand new patron, Nerdrovert. Nerdrovert? Nerdrovert. Nerdrovert. For his very... Nerdrovert. It's a very difficult thing to say. For his very generous $5 a month donation. We appreciate you, Nerdrovert. Mm-hmm. And a special mm-hmm. shout out to our executive producer, Jared Taylor, without whom the show would literally not be possible. So Jared is the fucking is, man, dude. you know. Absolutely. Fucking love you. So man. Nick, tell everyone where they can find you and your podcast and your show. Find the show at nikolaiskitchen.com and you know, live stream for the cure guys. Fifth annual live stream for the cure. We've raised over thirty thousand dollars over the past four years for a future immune to cancer. We're going for fifteen thousand dollars this year. I mean, we uh, this this event alone, you know, the 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 power of the indie podcasting community, the power of you, the Epic Film Guys fan base that you guys have always brought forth to this thing is it, it, is just immaculate. I can't wait to do this event again this year and uh you know it, it like i said this is home I, I mentioned it on my show last week but i said i'm going home you know this is home for me this will always be my first home my first love and in, in terms of podcasting and uh you know it, whenever and wherever there is a film that i need to righteously uplift or shit on which will Always Often be, be the, the case. case. <laughs> Always be the case. You know, I, 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 I'm never far away. I, I, it's, it's not like I, 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 I ran away and said no, I'm never going back, or no, I, I hate movies, or, or whatever, whatever in between. You know, you know, things just happen the way that they happen in life, and you know, I, this is always, always home. You know, these two, these two, you know, incredible fucking guys, they are home. They are home. They are my brothers. They are my family. And we love you I will, so much. Especially when I disagree with Justin on a movie and I come back telling him he's a fucking idiot and I hate him. And I like to shit all over whatever he loves. Thank you both, you know, for, for, for inviting me back on. You know, and, and I, I have talked to other movie podcasters and I will talk to other movie podcasters about Zack Snyder's Justice League, but it will never ever touch being home thank you and until next time we will see you bring us home nick and make no mistake i will fucking kill you (laughs) (laughs) the movies